0: EFTM. Tech. Cars. Lifestyle.
1: This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long.
0: EFTM.
1: G'day, g'day. Welcome. Great to have your company. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, Awesome to be back. Uh, Took a little week off because two things. It was school holidays were ending and it was just a nightmare. And secondly, it was just a crazy week last week. uh, The Apple event... Uh, Daniel Ricardo was a last-minute call-up. It just all happened, and it threw me right out of, out of sync with my, my week and my day. So uh, apologies for skipping a week on you, but um, I'm sure you understand. Uh, I'll give you a full refund, a full refund, okay? Even the postage and handling, I'm going to refund it all. So I'm sending checks to no one. Um, <laughs> uh, now, so I will actually, because of the Ricardo interview, and I know I did publish that Everywhere. Um, But for those pure podcast listeners, I'm going to play you the Daniel Ricciardo interview later. Um, uh, That'll come shortly. Well, I've got a bunch of calls to get through. There's uh, news on the Apple front that's outside of the event from last week. If you want the rundown on the Apple event last week, please subscribe to Two Blokes Talking Tech. We covered it all. Um, We are giving away a car, so there'll be more news on that. Um, And that's just, you know, we've just got back-to-back, just going to smash through this here and hopefully – we all learn something from today's calls uh, and everything that's going on. So you know what? This one, this one's for Matt.
2: It
3: might sound crazy what I'm about to say, but triple-
1: That's an in-joke for the Man Cave moderators on Facebook. So uh, if you're not part of the Man Cave, jump in, join on facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Just search for EFTM and join the EFTM Man Cave on Facebook. A great group of people who um, have questions, have answers, anything about tech, cars and lifestyle. We love uh, talking about it there. So um, shout out to everyone there and uh, especially to Matt who hates that song. Um, But I don't care. Uh, so yes, I will uh, bring you the interview with Daniel Ricciardo and just so, so some context there because it'll just happen randomly in the show cause I'm just going to play it. But that like, oh, that's the fourth time I've spoken to Daniel and the first time it's just kind of a, at a whim. Do you think I could get him? Cause we're in Barcelona at the same time. Took a few months to build a relationship with Red Bull and do all that. The Second year, easy. Hey Red Bull, we're going to be in town again. Can we do that again? Yes, done, like literally an email. Then he changes friggin' teams. So, hi, Renault, I'm Trevor, you don't know me, but in, like it's a back and forth on emails. Great, finally, and that was a last-minute thing. Like we took all the gear to Barcelona. Um, we had extra people to help with that gear and, the, and they left town and we still managed to get the gear to the track and sort it all out in, at a very last-minute, very Terrible room in the back of a truck. It was very weird, but we still did it. It was awesome. Last year, COVID happened, and so we, we just couldn't go, even though we were ready to go. Uh, it didn't work for anyone that we would kind of rock up and do that, and it didn't seem appropriate anyway. And so then he changed his bloody teams again. So here I am, back and forth on the email, trying to ah, prove myself. But um, we got there in the end uh, with thanks to, to a lot of great people that I work with in the media, like Paul Murray at Sky and Alex Cullen at uh, The Today Show. Uh, Mark Levy at uh, 2GB in Sydney, who uh, essentially vouched for me and proved that I was a real person with a, uh, a real um, output. <laughs> um, uh, McLaren then were just unbelievably awesome to deal with. But literally, days after the, the final kind of, yeah, cool, okay, we'll try and arrange something. Uh, you know what happened? And oh, no, I think I said this on Stephen on the podcast with Stephen last week. I got up at 1.30 a.m. to have a shower and, and come to the office for the Apple event, and I looked, checked my email, And there's an email saying, yep, Daniel's locked in for tomorrow at 6 o'clock London time. And I went, oh, that's 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, The worst part was the next, that night, I was panicking. So I I set my alarm and I did it all for like, set my alarm for 2, checked the, the, you know, GMT time, 6 o'clock in the evening was 4 a.m. So I get to the office at 2.15, just slowly setting up. I Google time in London. You know, it's 15, 20 minutes until I need to make the call. So I was freaking out. I hadn't done any technical tests of the whole thing. But anyway, I think we pulled it off all right. It was a good, fun chat. Um, he was absolutely in fine spirits and, uh, yeah, had a ball. It was good to talk to him. So uh, I know that there's people here that haven't watched the whole interview, so hopefully you can enjoy it here as well as everywhere else that I've published it. And if you do get to the interview and you think I've heard this before, just skip ahead 20 minutes. won't kill you. Um this, uh, this morning I published a review on Facebook and YouTube of the Genesis GV80. Now, I've got to tell you, I really want you to watch that review and, and see the pictures of this car. God, it's a beautiful vehicle. Um, we're talking big luxury SUV. Genesis, which is the top-end Hyundai. It's like uh, what a Lexus is to a Toyota. Um, beautiful interior, amazing car, some amazing technology, 3D dash. So stereoscopic LCD screens so that you got this perception of depth in the dashboard. Impossible to demonstrate in a video or explain to you here. But you've got to go to a Genesis Hyundai dealer and, and see one. It was so cool. Also eye tracking. And the eye tracking will alert you that you're not looking at the road. So if you're an idiot and you're looking at your phone, boom, we'll tell you so. Um, and I, was, I just, during the week having had that car, I was kind of looking at going, this is the kind of technology that, it should be a requirement of any self-driving car, for example. We had all the drama and all the fanboys were out this week at me about the Tesla crash. Well, I'm sorry, but Tesla should not be allowed to market or sell something that is self-driving because it doesn't exist. When that feature is available, sell it. Charge extra for it. But right now, I think it's outrageous that Telstra can sell a product called self-drive, full self-driving for $10,000. Shouldn't be allowed. Anyway that's just me. I may be the only one, I may be Robert Crusoe on that, but I just think that they they shouldn't be allowed to do it exactly the way they're doing. Would appreciate your views. Let me know what you think of the Genesis GV80 when you watch that video as well. Um, I was also thinking this morning about the old weight loss journey. It comes it's funny now that you lose a bit of weight and then it is a common question: like, "Hey, going with it and stuff like that?" Because it's not an easy thing to continue. I plateaued. I hit a hit a wall. I achieved my goal, um, but then I went. I'm still fat. I am <laughs> like, looking in the mirror, going, "You still need to lose weight, champ." Um, but I don't. I, it's funny. I just want to get to twenty kilos now. I just want to get to having lost twenty kilos. But I think I'll end up back where I am now. This is this is my sweet spot. I like this. I like this style. I like this look. I like my clothes. I don't want to look ridiculous and skinny, as weird as that sounds. But it's funny because, you know, you struggle with it over an Easter period, for example. I love chocolate. Mm, big problem. Um, and and the other thing you know, the other thing that comes into it, I've got to start exercising. And I've said this before, I haven't actually done that yet, which is awesome, because it means that I've got ground to make up on myself. Um, but I struggle with my schedule and, and when I would do that. But the other thing, I, I will be very honest with you, is stress. Stress is a major factor in this. And, you know, things in life trigger you, um, people in life set out to, to, to trigger you, people bait you with things they say or do, actions they take, and, you know, it doesn't matter how strong, how good your family unit is, how great your, your mate's network is, stuff can be stressful. And I can tell you right now, I bought a chocolate bar this morning and I smashed it because I went, I got really frustrated by something. And I, I know I need to ignore it because it doesn't really affect me. But it's one of those things that makes you go, ah. um, and it's also one of those things where you're, you're trying to do the right thing overall. So you try not to react to what other people do and say, but it still causes you stress internally. So despite the, despite the fact that you can put on a brave face, as they say, still stressful, right? And stress is a big factor, I think, in uh, in your own well-being not just mental well-being, but physical well-being. And that's what's fascinating. about It's funny because I think I think about Stan Zamanik, who would say stress doesn't exist. He would probably have a different word for what I experienced, which would just be anger, I think. Um, and as a result of my anger, I wanted to eat. He was a funny man, Stan Zamanik. And an absolute, by the way, a top bloke. Um, he was very generous to me, very kind to me, and overwhelmingly kind to my wife who worked for him. And I did a lot of work for him. I built stanzamanic.com.au back in the day, and we had a lot of fun with doing that stuff. Um I don't know why that came up. I'm just, just gibbering now. Anyway, um, I'm just going to eat like a pig this week and then, as we always say, next week, start again. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's why we've got scales, to keep us on track. All right, let's get cracking with calls here on the EFTM podcast.
3: EFTM. This is the
1: EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. Trevor Long taking your calls. You've got a tech question or you want to chat about anything you might have read seen or heard around the place, uh, just get on the website, eftm.com, click ask. Trev, day, Adrian.
4: day, Trev, how you go.
1: Yeah, real good buddy, what can I do for you?
4: Right, well I've actually got two issues, so whether you can work through both of them. The first one, um, to do with some earbuds and uh, and my Samsung mobile phone.
1: Yep, what sort of phone um, you got, the Samsung Galaxy? Okay, so I've got,
4: yeah, S20 FE. All right, yep. Yeah uh, um and I I'm a truck driver uh, I generally drive with just one earbud in uh, for calls um and streaming music through the truck if I can do it um and I got a pair of Powerbeats Powerbeats Pro for them yep. um and mainly went for that one because you can actually use one or the other to make and receive calls so it was handy handy to sort of have one in and when the battery run low cuz I'll drive up to 12 hours a day yeah um when that one runs low, I can take it out, put it in the case to charge and use the other one. <laughs> right, yeah, but, good. Yeah, and it was really it was really handy, but I was having a ton of problems, con- connectivity issues, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if it's a thing, but because I had the Samsung phone, I thought, is that an issue because it's an Apple product? Yeah. Um, it shouldn't
1: be. It, the really well, the only difference with the Powerbeats is that you get the, the advantage of simplicity of pairing and stuff with the Apple. Yeah,
4: that's – that's what I thought, but uh, anyway, I, I, I've got an Apple store in Doncaster here, so yep. um, I ended up having them in there three times. They replaced them once, Sheesh. had a look at them a second, had a look at them a second time, and the third time when they kept playing up, I went back. And I've got to say, um, I've never had an issue with a- Apple customer service; absolutely dynamite. The guy there that I last saw said, "Look, there's some issue. It's clearly not working for you. Um, I'd recommend a, a, a full refund." Um, and which you know, and he was—he made no bones about it, real simple, and he was fantastic. Yeah, it was it's really
1: amazing, good. isn't it? Because in the end, like they probably realise it's as much frustrating as it is for them as it is for you. Yeah. So yeah. you know, yeah. just move on. Uh, they are bloody good headphones, though. Did you like the, yeah, the music quality of them,
4: though? Yeah, look, all that was great. Um, and uh, you know, my son's got, uh, my son and my wife have got a pair each for their Apple phones, and mm. don't seem to have a problem. So yeah, I right. don't know what it was, but anyway, um. I thought, all right, I need to go looking for other ones. I didn't want to, I was just gun shy of just getting another pair of them again. So I started looking and I was looking at the Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds. Yep. Um, similar price from what, you know, um, where, when I bought the original Power Boots and, yep. um, the first guy I spoke to at, at a store, a guy that I know, I asked him about this ability to use one or the other, yeah. and he said, don't think so. And he brought, he Googled something. Oh, he brought up some site, and he looked. He said, no, nah, no, nah, the right one's the master one. And I thought, oh, okay. And anyway, I went off, and I was looking at other earbuds at another store, and a bloke tried to recommend the Bose again, and I said, look, no good because it can't do this. And he said, oh, I think you they can. So he Googled it, <laughs> found CNET, uh, the CNET Review, on, on both, on these earbuds. Yep. And it's easy in there that you can do it. And I thought, okay. And I thought, I just want to double check. So I rang Bose customer support and I was really clear. I said, listen, I need to know, can I use the one or the other earbud independently of each other to make them receive calls? Yes, you can. And let so me guess, went, you can't. Well, I bought them, I got them home and they wouldn't do it. But then I rang, post-technical support this time, rather than mm. customer support, and said, listen, this is a problem, this is what I was told. The lady I spoke to initially, I was actually uh, driving, so I couldn't, you know, I just wanted to get an idea rather than try to troubleshoot it then. And she said straight off the bat, yeah, you can. I thought, okay, well, when I get home, I'll ring back and try to troubleshoot it. So I rang back, customer uh, technical support, and got someone different again, said the same thing, yes, you can. We tried to troubleshoot it. Wouldn't do it. Mm. So after about twenty minutes of toing and froing, and she's gone off to check with someone, she's come back and said, "No, you can't." So where have you ended up? You've,
1: you've you're holding on to them, or have you well, found a, found a I, pair that
4: will do the job? Well, I, I was going to go looking for a pair that could do the job, but what um, you know, the, this was all getting troubleshooted Friday night, and I I had to go away, had to drive to Toowoomba over the weekend, so I took these, and I've got to say the the fit. Is just absolutely magnificent. Most comfortable thing. Uh, the noise cancellation is just incredible, yeah. um, and the quality is just awesome. And I'm I'm starting to think, look, unless I really struggle with the battery charge, you know, the, how long the battery charges or last for, mm. um, I might stick with them because they're bloody good. They That's are a, really good.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing, but I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, unless you are, and you know, it'd be amazing if I could find the. Time and just narrow myself to only review headphones, right? Because I could probably do it. There's that I've got got probably eight sets of headphones sitting here upstairs in the office, ready to be reviewed. Like it's just, it's one of those things you've got to you've got to give a set of headphones a week at least. You know, uh, mow the lawns, do a walk, and even then, even then making calls is such a low priority these days. I'm not even sure yeah. I've, I've made many calls with just one earbud. So it's not a yeah. thing that's well, test, tested a lot. The, the that, only thing I'd say is, you know, the Samsung Galaxy Buds Pro would Well, be, I mean, I'd, I'd be amazed if they didn't do one ear only. I,
4: I was, it, uh, they do. But um, they, the thing that tipped me over the edge, well, they got me to go for the Bose initially, because uh, I was looking at the Samsung ones, uh, and you can apparently do that. But, they don't have those little wing tips. No, in. you're right. And see,
1: mate, see, so you've nailed me there because that's that's my preference too. Is ones that have some yeah, yeah. form of you know
4: security around yeah. your ear. <laughs> I, I I tried before the power Beats, I tried to pair a Jabra Elite. Yeah, they're great. Right. T I think they were well. <laughs> I couldn't get them to stay in my bloody ear. I don't yeah. know if I have got an odd shaped ear, but you know, so, so that's why the wing tips was. I'll,
1: I'll leave you with this on the headphones before we move on to your yeah. other thing. Oh, yeah, I'll cool. be honest. I don't think. That there's a better solution, especially for a bloke sitting in a truck all day. I don't think yep. there's a better solution than a than a good old Plantronics actual phone earbud. You know the the little yeah, thing with the stalk yes. out the side, mate. I yeah, have yep, yep. I have three of those. Um, yep. Because I, I never have have them with me at the right time, so I've got one in one bag, one at home. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like on a Tuesday when I do on my radio, like today, I was I did say extra, and then I was driving home. I had two radio spots on the way home. I know yep. that hands-free in a car is bad. I don't want to waste yep. my time by pulling over and you know losing fifteen minutes of my day. So the Plantronics yep. um, Voyager 5200 is an yep. Yep. absolute
4: cracker. Great quality calls. Great to use. But good that, that's battery the thing. Life, far out. That's. But that's the thing that's got the big thing that hangs over the back of your ear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wear glasses. Um. And and it's bloody. It was awkward.
0: Okay. It, it was. It was just. I oh,
4: believe me. I've been looking. You're a tough cookie to crack. You are. I. I. Uh, I'm, I'm very hard to please, mate. Just ask me, Mrs. What's
1: What's the other thing going on in your world?
4: Okay, I'll try to make this quick because you've you've given me a ton of time already. Um. Okay. So I've got uh, I've got Aussie Broadband, NBN. Yep. Um. And I've got Google Mesh. Uh, and 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 now everything that I've heard, and that since, and listening to you, I wish I had gone down another path. But that's another issue. I've got we've got a very long house. It's actually like two houses joined together. Long story. Yep. So I've got a couple of Google Mesh units mm-hmm. scattered through the house, yep. including one right up in a in a room right next to the front door, and that's connected via Ethernet cable. Okay. okay? Yep. Now, I've got – I like me bits and pieces of technology, um, and I got this uh, door lock, um, a Ultralock um, Ultra Pro. Um, it's uh, one of those ones where you can – it has a code, yep. you can use a fingerprint, yep. and you can also – it's Bluetooth, and you can get Wi-Fi enabled with a Wi-Fi bridge. Yep. Right, and it has geo-fencing and all that sort of garbage, all right? So, the issue was um, – I was having troubles with the connectivity of that, and I couldn't figure it out, and I got hold of the customer or tech support. So two things. It turns out it has to be on 2.4, 2.4 gig- wi <laughs> right, which is the initial issue I had with the mesh, but then I learned, and I'm standing corrected here, if you set up a guest network on Google Mesh it it defaults to
1: 2.4 okay yep that's one one option the other the other um, trick I use is yep. if you imagine that most mesh networks have both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz yes. they're, they're yep. constantly emitting the same um yes uh, Wi-Fi name so I have yep. it we're sitting here in the office right a small space uh the Wi-Fi router is really close so I'm trying to do a vacuum cleaner right and it only connects to 2.4 yep. do you know what you do walk a long yep. way away yep. So if you were to power off a couple of the, the other mesh networks, and so the further distance you are away from the, the router, the more likely it is to use the
4: 2.4 because yeah, it,
1: has, it. it has better distance. That's the only yeah. trick, I, trick I can give you on 2.4.
4: Yeah. Um, but, but then, like I said, that end of the house is where, uh, where mother-in-law lives with us. That's yep. her part of the house. Yep. Um, she needs a good connection up there, uh, a good a strong Wi-Fi signal up there. And she's got – I've set up devices and stuff for her up there, which mm. is why. So – but the next issue, though, is I find I found out through Ultralock or through their rep over here is that it will not work with mesh systems. And I couldn't figure out. Wow. I okay. Didn't, I, I didn't understand why. So he said what you can do as a short-term fix is if you've got a separate router, um, you can set that up um yeah I, you know
1: and i think the reason is because they use a, a bridge wi-fi adapter so it's rather than the device itself um yep. connecting to your wi-fi the bridge the little thing that plugs into the power point
0: oh, is actually yeah,
1: gotcha. it's it's not connecting to a mesh network it's trying to connect to a standard router and it's the mesh yeah uh it's it's the bridge that's causing the problem not the bolt yep. or the lock so yeah. Right.
4: So then, tell me, and 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 hopefully this will just this will finish it. But so one solution that he tossed up, and I thought I'll give it a crack. I've got an old Apple Time Capsule here, um, and it's got you know, and I could set up separate two point four five G Wi-Fi signals. Yeah. So I've actually I've plugged that into the Ethernet point in that front office. I've set up. Its own Wi-Fi signal off there, which is 2.4, yeah. and use use that for the door to connect to. But then, to keep that mesh, got Wi-Fi signal throughout the whole house, mm. I've plugged the Google Mesh into the back of the Apple Time Capsule.
1: I worry that now. your 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 network will be not ideal. I I just yeah, worry yeah, yeah. that the IP yep. addresses, the the routing, yeah. you're, going, you're actually going to create. Issues for your general network, as in speed, yes. uh, consistency, or yep. for a lock.
4: Right. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, uh, after all that carry on, it, it can is there any real solution, or is just like you you boxed yourself into a corner because of this bloody lock?
1: Yes. There it is. Right. <laughs> Yes, that's what it is.
4: Uh, yeah, okay. You know, lesson yeah, learned. Enough.
1: You know, it doesn't have yeah. – put it this way. The lock works. It doesn't have to be Wi-Fi connected, right? The lock can just work no, fingerprint no. and ID and stuff. So yeah, yeah, have, yeah. So that's, you just use it as that until you decide you want to upgrade yeah. to one that will be a bit more versatile in its, connect, in its connectivity.
4: Uh, it w- would that sort of thing with those Netgear Orbi and things like that, would, it, would that be the same problem because it's a mesh type of thing? I would argue
1: the one that you've got will be a problematic on pretty much any mesh network because of the Wi-Fi bridge solution, as opposed to it being, you know, like a Samsung lock or something that directly connects to Wi-Fi. And and here's the other thing I'll I'll be completely honest with you. I prefer my my front door is not on the internet. Yep. Yep. You know, at the point where the world comes crashing down and people are hacking into people's homes to get access, I'd prefer that the hardest thing to do was open a door. (laughs)
4: Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, Adrian. Well, yeah, good job, mate. Well, fantastic, mate. I really appreciate your time. No worries at all, buddy. Stay well. Good on you. Thanks, Trevor.
1: Cheers, mate. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you buy something awesome like that, um, and you never really know if it's going to work. Now, UltraLock. Just you know, looking online, it's kind of Amazon thing. He sounds like he's had a great customer service experience with the the company, but unfortunately. It's just never going to do And that's why sometimes I think that, you know, something that you can buy in JB is not guaranteed to be more reliable, but it's certainly guaranteed to be easier to return. Walk in and say, listen, done work. And they're going to go, yeah, cool, most of the time. Um, And there is a kind of duty of care that the big retailers put through a lot of products. That's that's my only reason for kind of having that preference situation. Anyway, good on you, Adrian. Thanks for getting in touch, buddy. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com. And if you've got a question about tech, just get on the blower here. Go to the website, eftm.com. Click Ask Trev. G'day, Ewan.
0: G'day, Trevor. How are you?
1: Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you?
0: Yeah, look, I'm, I'm building a, a new house and uh, actually building a stud frame house. Yep. And uh, what I'm concerned with is having Wi-Fi internet and it may be being blocked by the stud frames. Is so, it
1: ste- You mean a steel frame?
0: Yeah, steel frame. Steel frame uh, okay. house. yep. So, uh, I've been trying to do some research and have a look at running cat six or cat seven cable yep. uh, through, through the house to various points in the house. And then maybe having like a, wire, uh, a Wi-Fi station in various locations on the house, you know, just trying to understand what I need to do and what's a cost effective way of doing it obviously I'm building a house at the moment. Yeah, look, and I think to be honestly,
1: it's really quite simple, Ewan. You won't get a huge issue with the steel frame for, for a start. It, it won't be world-ending for you. It's not like you're building a Faraday cage, right? Um, you, a, a Concrete is worse. So wood frame, steel frame, they've both got, you know, the rock on them. Um, the, the Wi-Fi will get through those things. A concrete, like my, my front door of the office, um, there's, you know, I guess it's probably... 15, 20 centimeter thick concrete, and seriously, I can't get the Wi-Fi to go through there just for the doorbell. So, what might happen in a in a steel frame home is you get a bit of a, a bit of a bouncing of the signal. That might take away a little bit of the of the signal. But you're you're spot on with your planning. What you do is if you run Cat six, Cat seven, whatever you choose, mate, because in the end, it's it's just up to the dude that's doing the install. Put the best in. You know, you're spending money on the house, you may as well. Um, put it wherever you can. Like, personally, if I was building a house, I'd put Cat 6 in every single room because you never know, or even if you've got kids that are young now, when they move out, who knows, that's not going to become uh, a gaming room. Or, like, who knows, right? And you're going to have to rewire the bloody thing. At the very least, put them in, in the key areas like where the entertainment units are, where you think there's going to be your primary communications area. So you want a central plant. Pl- point in the house where your, your modem is going to connect and actual internet starts from. Um, and then you can decide to run what we call wireless access points, whether it's through a mesh system or a slightly higher-end system like a Ubiquiti that, that, that can be interconnected through Cat 6 or Cat 7. But broadly, you're, you're using that as your backhaul only. You're not actually using it for main connectivity. But you want your PlayStation, you want your TV. Prefer to have those things hardwired at any point in time, mate.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. So I've also been doing some reading. So the, the, the wi Fi's you were speaking about there, they'd be the powered over Ethernet, the P-O-E.
1: It doesn't have to be, but obviously it's it's easier if you can get one that is. Um, but also a lot of the time, uh, it, because again, you're building from scratch, you can put a PowerPoint. So yeah. you've got this ability to go, we're going to put power Like behind my television or behind our entertainment unit, there are eight PowerPoints. Because when we were re- renovating the in- inside of our joint, I went. I said to the electrician, who's my brother, and I said, "I just want. I, I don't want to have any double adapters. I don't want to have uh, power boards. What? What? That would be stupid, given that we're putting in power So, mate, over engineer, more power, more connectivity, put it all in now. Um, and if you have some power, and the power over Ethernet is actually more about the device itself, so the the access point you plug in and the other end, so the router, then the actual cabling that you put in.
0: Okay. So the other question uh, I had was about putting in switches. So if I was to to go, you know, if, if I was to have my TV and my uh, Foxtel and all that, am I better off just putting a switch, you know, like running one line, one Ethernet cable uh, to the, the living area and then having a, a switch there? To then divide it into the different places. If I'm,
1: if I'm designing my house, I've got a cupboard. So the wife gets to choose how big the pantry and the walk-in wardrobe are, and I get to choose where the where the communications cupboard is. It might be in the corner of the garage. It might be in the middle of the house under the stairs. Who knows? But there's a there's a cupboard area, right? And that's where you you get your telecommunications to come in. So that's where your NBN comes in that's where you have – you might even have your fuse box, I don't know. But that's certainly where you put your termination of every single Ethernet port in the house. So, again, at our entertainment unit, there's there's three Ethernet ports. I should have put more because we need more there. So we have put a little switch there. But it's not a managed switch. It's just a LAN hub, really. But if, at best, you have a switch in that communications closet – and that's where everything plugs in in the house so that you you can just plug away and plug new things in and and wire them up as you go without having to put anything else in the house at all okay all right but and there's nothing stopping you having one one ethernet port where the entertainment unit is and then having a little mini switch or hub in the in the cupboard it it's just about efficiency if you want the the best out of your network then you want a managed switch in that communications cupboard that's going to run the, the 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 traffic out to the network correctly rather than having multiple points of kind of disconnect and interrupt where it's it's being being split up
0: yeah okay yeah cuz it, it's just all it's all about Cost now, you know? Yeah, that's, oh, it, that's it. When you're building the house, totally. you know, it gets to the point where, like, you know, because even looking at Cat 6 cable, it's about 150 bucks for 300 meters, I think, you know? Yeah, right. So, and then just by getting the, the labor to, to do the terminations and all that, yeah. that's why I was thinking about just running one line to specific points. And so then. then uh, so then,
1: if that's we, we're, we're grinding it down now, then you want absolutely one of the best to the entertainment area, and you want one or two into the into the furthest reaches of the home so that you you ensure that if you do have any Wi-Fi issues, you can plug those with access points. And then remember yeah. this. Here's the great thing about the cost of networking. You know how I just said all your points come back to one place. You've got to manage, switch, you know, thousands of dollars. Forget all that. You can get a normal router. You go to Aussie Broadband. You sign up with NBN. It's got four four LAN ports on the back. You can just plug directly from those LAN ports into that, you know, switch into those... those um ports at the communications cupboard end which then terminate at the other end where your TV is and you're done you don't actually need big high end gear you can add to that over the years ahead just do this yeah. basic wiring up front
0: yeah that's that, that was one of my plans as well just to try and lay out all the cables and then uh, yeah build it up later anyway thank you very much for good that man.
1: good luck with it yon no,
0: worries. thank you very much. Yes, okay, mate. good on you. Bye-bye. And
1: uh, it's a it's a fun exercise building a brand new house. Gee whiz, I remember we, we did it in Perth um, back in a different in a past life, and it's one of those fun things. Going, you know, where are we going to put every single PowerPoint? And then when we um, here in Sydney, our current house, we were doing the, the renovation just of the inside. The outside's a disgrace. Going to do that soon. Um, it it's just fascinating to kind of go. Well, no, I'm going to want like in my office in the little man cave. I think. I have two, I think I have six double PowerPoints under my desk and then another six at the other end of the room where things like NAS and Foxtel and stuff used to be plugged in. So it's a little bit little bit much, but hey, means no double adapters. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a narc for those kind of things. If you're doing it, do it, do it once, do it right. What do they say? Um, measure twice, cut once. Same kind of concept. You're listening to EFTM. EFTM. You're
0: listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.
1: And thank you for doing that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, Appreciate your support. G'day, Michael. G'day, Trev. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Mate, um, my daughter's turning 18 in July and Mm -hmm. we're thinking of buying her a dash cam, but I want something that's pretty good, has a decent amount of features and doesn't break the bank.
1: Mate, what's the bank though? That's the question. Um, well, the, your well, bank I and don't my know, bank say, might be different. Your bank and the bloke at JB Hi-Fi's bank are going to be different too. Say between one and four hundred. Oh, mate, you've set a nice price range there. Um, I mean, there won't be an issue at all. Um, now obviously it's re- really quite simple. The more you spend, the better it is. Oh, I, I make no bones about that. Um, the the thing I would be looking for is is rather than being sucked into the you know is it four K and you know, all those kind of things, because that makes a bit of a difference. But in the end, even a 4K dash cam is not absolutely the easiest thing to – to. the differentiation between 4K in a dash cam and 4K on a TV is, you know, it's like chalk and cheese. It's not really that, um, that 4K-ish, if you like, right? The thing yep. I'd be looking for is front and rear,
3: right? Front and rear.
1: Yes, because getting a rear-facing one – is I think these days just as important for those little incidents that happen, those little dramas. You know, it really does make a difference to be able to say, oh, you know, we've got the rear cupboard. So, for example, Uniden have one called the Uniden, I think it's the iGo 70. Now, Uniden have, if there's an R on the product name, it means it's got a rear camera. Now, the iGo 70 doesn't have 4K resolution, but it's better than HD, but it also has a really wide-angle view. So that's good. The best uh, you can get is Blackview. You're talking about eight, $900. The next yeah. best down from that is well, I like the Uniden Dash View series. It looks like the Blackview because it doesn't have a screen. It's just a little tube. But you're talking 500 for that. So just touch touching above your price range. The Uniden yep. um, iGo 70R, as I said, and the Uniden have literally one in every price point, 2.7-inch screen. It's got parking mode if you if you want it wide correctly. I think the resolution is excellent. It looks really good, the quality. Simple, simple point. Uniden, Garmin, Navman, Nextbase. There's four brands, none of which you'd be disappointed with, all right? I really, really don't think that you'd be disappointed with it. Um, a rear view camera on the Navman is going to cost you about uh, $400. Um, as I said, the... Um, you know, there are black views available for about 420, 30, but they're their low end single channel models. If you want the rear view camera, you're talking six, $700. So I yep. think that IGO 70R is a yep. bloody great deal at 300 bucks. And here's the thing it's very easy to install a dash cam. The rear, the rear camera sounds daunting, but if you just take a bit of time, I've done it in, in a car, running the camera cable down. You know, the black rubber that cover, that goes, um, yep, over yeah, you yeah, just yeah. run it through there and up into the headliner. It's actually really easy to do. A little screwdriver, a little gentle. It's very easy yep. to do. If you were to pay an installer who might charge you $150, they will yep. wire it into the car so it you know, has parking mode and all these things. It's all yep. good, but in the end, just set it up for her so that she doesn't put it in her view. Put it behind the bloody um, rear view mirror because you don't yep. need to see the screen. Yep. They're, got it. They're a, they're a distraction. Yep. Okay. So get her a Uniden, and uh, you'll feel you'll feel better about the fact that if anything happens to her or her car, yep. um, you've got a little bit of help and evidence, and that's why I'd go the rear camera.
3: Yep. So uni okay. then I go 70, R for rear. Yep. R for rear, uh, $300, uh, JB hyphen. Uh, fantastic, mate. And just before I go, I just want to thank you for another help you gave me with a, a Wi-Fi extender or mesh with uh, Telstra. It actually works, not too. It's still dodgy, but yeah. Thank you for that advice and your help.
1: You got a little bit of a uh, little bit of infill there, did you? Was it easy to yeah. set up?
3: Because I, I struggled. With hey, the it was idea easy of to it. set up. Easy to set up, but yeah, nothing flash.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's the, yeah. the next level, mate. Is to is to invest in a whole of home Wi-Fi network. Yeah. That's that's, yep. that's that's
3: after that's someone another. else's
1: eighteenth, mate. You got parties to pay for,
3: mate. I don't want you to talk about that party because it's going to send me broke or my wife. But anyway, hey. She's not getting married. The other one is. Oh no. <laughs> mate, I'm telling you, we picked the wrong date. <laughs> well, good luck and congratulations, mate. Thanks for your help again, buddy. Cheers. Cheers, bye-bye. <laughs>
1: That's funny. And if you've got, If you've got a daughter getting married or costing you large amounts of money, give me a call. Uh, good on you, Michael. Thanks for getting in touch. Poor bugger. Um Who pays for the wedding? It's like, you know, in traditional terms, it's meant to be father of the bride, right? So I've only got one of those, one daughter. She's never getting married. She's never having a boyfriend. It's really that simple. In a couple of years, I'll lock the front door and she'll never be allowed out. Those will be the rules. EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. Now, I looked this morning and I did my first ECG on an Apple Watch on my Apple Health report in uh, September 2019 when the Apple Watch Series 4 was announced. Was it Series 4 or Series 5? No, it was Series 5, and it was compatible with the Series 4 maybe. Anyway, the ECG app was launched then. Uh, And I remember setting up a watch. I was in the fitness center of Apple Park, very cool building out the back corner of Apple Park, doing an ECG, and I've still got that record of that ECG. A year goes past, we've heard nothing about ECG, bit more time goes past we hear that uh, the TGA in Australia have approved the irregular rhythm notification and then a couple months more go by and they've approved the ECG function and now we're just waiting for Apple to release it today iOS 14.5 is out and, as, and with that Apple watch OS 7.4 is out and ECG functionality is now available it's a great thing you should turn it on you should turn on a regular rhythm notifications because you never know what it will pick up now I've done a lot of stories, tape stories, live stories on the television over the last 10 years, 11 years. And with no disrespect to all of the other stories, I did a story last week with Dimity Clancy on a current affair. And this story is linked in my story today at eftm.com on the ECG function being approved right down the bottom. I linked to the current affair. I challenge you to watch it cause it was fascinating. So I did some, I showed them how the ECG watch, watch worked and everything. And then I said, take it with you, take it and, you know, put it on someone and do a test. They went a bit extreme, and I was a bit nervous when I found out what they were doing. They were with Dr. Ross Walker, who I've worked with at TUE, lovely bloke, cardiologist. And they put this ECG app on the wrist of a 70-plus-year-old man. He did did the test. Great sinus rhythm. Good. That's what Dr. Ross saw. And then, I didn't know this, they put it on a woman who Dr. Ross had just done a proper full ECG, you know, all the sensors strapped to your body, done a full ECG showing that she was in atrial fibrillation. And the Apple Watch, they're sitting there. It takes 30 seconds. And it was the longest 30 seconds of my life watching this result come out. And the Apple Watch detected the exact same thing atrial fibrillation. Mind blowing. Captured on camera, did the right thing. It was amazing. It really does work. It could be a life saver. But as I say all the time, it is not a medical diagnostic tool for you, it's a tool you can use to gather information at a point in time that your doctor can use. So I'll give you the example. You're hiking, you're sitting watching TV, you're doing whatever, and you get a notification, a regular heart rhythm. Oh, that's interesting. And you perform an ECG. That's the next step. 30 seconds later, you perform an ECG and it says AFib. Oh, that's no good. Do it again. 10 minutes later, sinus rhythm. You're okay now. Now you could go, "Ah, whatever. Or you could make an appointment with a doctor and you could say, I'm worried about my heart. And they could perform an ECG and they say, no, that's fine. You could say, hang on a minute, can I just send you this? And you send them a a PDF of that ECG and they say, that is worrying. Let's monitor you for two days or whatever. Do you know what I mean? They use that information as proof that something might have happened and a reason why they should do some extra tests or something. It's just another tool in the chest of medical professionals. It is not Dr. Google. It is not for you to replace going to a doctor, but it's a – Phenomenal bit of technology that's now available to download for Series 4, Series 5, Series 6 Apple Watches, you can now do an ECG. Music now, before I get to Daniel Ricciardo, I just want to point something out. You've downloaded this show, you've subscribed, hey, hopefully, you've left a rating and a review, but you're also a fan. F. A N fan. Some would say that's a clue. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um, so I caught up with Daniel Ricciardo via Zoom. Um, well, I was lucky enough that McLaren went to a bit of effort for me and recorded the video and audio at their end. It was a painstaking experience to edit it all together, but it was a fun chat. And so, without any further ado, uh, let's hear my full chat. With Daniel Ricardo, Aussie, Formula One driver with McLaren. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast Daniel, great to see you, mate.
2: Likewise, what's uh I believe uh well I'm actually tired after a, a day of work here, let's say, but I, I guess you're tired as well because it's three AM or something. I'm tired, I'm tired. Because I
1: should be in bed. No, that's all right. Um, you've been working hard. I'm uh, I'm happy to accommodate whatever time of date works for you. Listen, I was thinking about it. It must be a year since you were in Australia. Are you getting homesick?
2: Yeah, it's it's starting to creep in actually. Um, well, it's it's creeping in, but I, I'm kind of anticipating it to to hit me at some point this year. Um, I've been pretty good. Like the whatever how many years I've been away from home. Like the first year, you get a bit homesick. Mm-hmm. But since then, I always had like, I don't know. You just got like an objective, and you're kind of busy and occupied. So I've I've always been pretty, um, let's say, strong in that sense. But yeah. I think this one's going to test me. Yeah,
1: because I feel like McLaren really got you. Uh, they got us all with a bit of a tearjerker there at the launch with your your nephew and stuff. And that was yeah. like that was a couple of months ago. So if you're feeling that way a couple of months ago, I guess you've got the races to distract you now.
2: Yeah, it's like the the off season's tough like the winter because um, i like if i'm ever not a positive person it's the winter like the winter is the one the one kind of season which does or has the ability to get me down so yeah. um th- that then yeah compiled on with all the other things it was uh yeah so and, and the like the truth is like realistically i'm probably not Getting home till earliest Melbourne. Otherwise, it's it's really Christmas till I probably yeah, see the family. Yeah. So, still a still a long road ahead. <laughs>
1: um, let's quickly talk about the the race on the weekend. Team orders. I listen to the team radio. Is 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 understood? Your way of saying, okay, Mum, I'll clean my room. Like it feels like a very just chilled. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm just gonna just do what I'm told. It's a very relaxed and an unassuming response?
2: Yeah, I've, it's something I've always gone with. Like, I remember when I first joined Red Bull uh, in 2014 um, in Melbourne when I got the podium and that. And I think through the race, a lot of my responses were just understood, understood. And I think it was Adrian Newey was like, he just sounded so calm and everything. And I don't know, so I I felt like understood was just a nice way of just letting the team know that, yeah, okay, like I get it. like whether it's I'm in control or there's just a... And I don't, I don't really talk that much on the radio. Like, I don't really yep. like to spend too much time on it. So it's just quick and it's, it lets the team know that I've acknowledged the message, really.
5: And
1: in reality, for those of us kind of watching the races at home, I don't think anyone in Australia cheering for you would have gone, ma, no, that's outright. It was just, that's life. It's a second race. You know, later in the year, I figure if you're in a uh, higher situation fighting there, Actually, fighting with Lando—that's when it'll be a little bit different response, perhaps.
2: Yeah, it's—it's it's like, of course, the competitor, like in me, is like, obviously, I want to—I want to stay in front, but I also, um, maybe it's just like maturity and experience now, but I acknowledge that basically I wasn't quick enough, and, and I think I'm my biggest critic. So in my head, I'm like you know, if, if I was quick enough I would have pulled away and not been in that position, you know, so it's it's not like the team was holding me back so that Lando could, you know, have that position, if you know what yep. I mean, it was, it was all on me and, and obviously I'm not up to speed yet as much as I want, so yeah, just take that one on the chin and, and you know, yeah. figure out a way to be better as opposed to like jump up and down and I, I certainly don't want to create any friction in the team, you know, on, in race two, mm-hmm. that's for sure.
1: Over three or four years, you and I have caught up in Barcelona at pre-season testing, and I would always do that because I wanted to get in well ahead of the Melbourne fanatic. Craziness of Melbourne for you. You start the year at a home Grand Prix, crazy attention for a whole week, really hard to focus on a race. Was it good to start the start the year not in Melbourne, especially with a new team?
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, from a, from a preparation point of view, yeah. Um, because it was much more... It was much more relaxed, you know, in in Bahrain. And when I say relaxed, like not, not like uh, I don't want to get the word relaxed and lazy um, misinterpreted. But yeah, it was just you know I had more time basically to myself and to the team, you know, to to prepare. And that's where I'm, I'm kind of excited to go to Melbourne in November. I think obviously it's like approaching summer, so it's it should just be a good time of the year regardless. And and I think then you know a lot of a lot of the questions are already answered because it's towards the tail end of the season. So yes. Yes. I, I personally feel I might, you know, be able to actually really enjoy a November um, slot more than, than a March one. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But it, Bahrain was pretty wanna, was pretty cruisy.
1: I don't want to do the job for the Aus GP or preempt what they're going to do. But it feels to me like, and you would know this better than anyone at McLaren, um, you know, in November, there's one thing, the race that stops a nation. So, can you ride a winner
2: in November? So, yeah, I, I, think, I think we could have two races that stop a nation. <laughs> um, I, I used to get into the horses, but I, 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 don't, I don't anymore. Uh, I leave all my friends to do the, the betting or the gambling, but, um, but I, I think like, I'm, obviously I'm hanging out to get home, um, but I, I truly do think that the November slot will be, will be received very well.
1: Talk about the track changes in Melbourne at Albert Park. I'll be honest, it took me by surprise. I wasn't really understanding that was gonna happen. Um, radical changes to the track from a idiot's guide. You know, nearly every corner's being shaved off. Uh, you know, we're getting essentially more speed out of it. What do you think of the changes?
2: I'm, let's say happy that they're making changes, you know, as far as, like Melbourne's always been a fun track to drive. Like the layout is cool. It's, it's very, you know, left right right left like a lot of corner combinations and it's it's pretty busy but um it is pretty kind of flowing and narrow and tricky for overtaking um so and that's like ultimately i think we want just better sundays you know just from a competitor you 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 want you want to be battling you don't want to just be doing a kind of 60 lap time trial and uh so we've we've when i say we've i mean f1 and and they did ask a bit of our advice as well on on what we thought would like to change so let's say collectively we've given feedback to let's say make it more of a sunday racetrack um and hopefully hopefully it pans out that way and we can see more opportunities to have some battles
1: did you give feedback about drain covers or anything on the main straight
2: i (laughs) maybe (laughs)
1: Sorry, too soon. That's right. too soon, Well, it's been two years,
2: actually. It's Time's gone quick. We lost a year with COVID, so two years ago. Um,
1: Brazil, the Brazil race is two weeks before Melbourne. Now, I'm not a, you know, COVID-19 journalist, but gee whiz, I look at the numbers and Brazil is deep in a pandemic, still struggling with a pandemic. Do, do you think it's right that F1 goes to Brazil in kind of the circumstance where they're still trying to get a hold of things there? And... What do you think about then having to potentially do any form of quarantine to get into Australia given it's so tight after Brazil?
2: Yeah, it's like logistically alone, it is you're kind of swapping one end of the globe to the other. Um, so that's I think a call it a challenge in itself. Um, yeah, I, I am aware of Brazil currently is not in a good place with COVID. I, I think if we were scheduled to go there this weekend, then yeah, I, I'm pretty convinced it would be up in the air. I don't think we would be let's say all in, um, I think it's for now, they're kind of on the hope that by then things settle down, but if it's still as it is, uh, then that, that race could potentially be, be obviously in question. Um, so I know, I know they're obviously keen on 23 this year. Um, a bit like last year, I'm sure there are maybe some... Uh, circuits, call it, that could fill some gaps if, if some are lost. Um, so we'll see. Maybe a double header in Australia. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm thinking, why not? Why can't we take
1: the reins and just go double header? What could, what would you do? Because double header in Bahrain and Sakir, same track, different kind of layout. Could you do anything in Melbourne to make it a bit different week to week?
2: Reverse. Go go the opposite way, clockwise and anti-clockwise. <laughs> this is going to make headlines now, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Um, <laughs> do you know what everyone's going to do? They're going to jump on F1 2020 and they're going to drive back. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love. I mean, especially if we have to, if there is any, let's say, former quarantine when we get there, to do a double header, at least would make you know make the time worthwhile. Um, hopefully, we get you know a bit of time in Oz as opposed to quarantine circuit.
1: Any other tracks that you maybe we could hold that double header at? Have you seen the Bend in Adelaide?
2: Uh, I've seen a, a like a let's say a track map, but I've never yeah. seen uh, I've never kind of visually seen it. Is it good?
1: It, it's a great track and it, it's purpose built for you know all forms of motorsport. So I think there could be something really exciting there. So I think someone needs to pick up the phone and let's let's work on a, a month in month in Australia because I think Australia... Well, a, actually, I think the Formula One drivers teams everyone would love the fact that. We're living the life down here. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know all the drivers, like, love going to Melbourne for the race. Um, It's definitely one. I mean, Australia's Australia. Everyone knows how beautiful it is. So if if I called all the drivers right now and said, hey, what do you feel about spending two weeks in Australia? I'm pretty sure none of them are going to whinge and moan. (laughs) Now, you've been at
1: McLaren now a couple of months. Obviously, a few months since the start of the year. You've been in the car for two races and a quick test, I guess you'd call it. Uh, the simple question at this point of time in your career is, can you win a world championship with McLaren with what you know thus far?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, re- the reason why I paused is because, like, I was like... I mean, if it's a yes or no, then it's yes. Um, you know, is it is it this year? No. But I, I really... Already seen, like, the first couple races, and... and I mean, even, even, like, I look at my life on the weekend, and, and you know, I'm still... Pretty confident i'm not getting everything out of it and i was four tenths off pole or something so even with that like the teams closed the gap a bunch um so and then i mean the rule changes are going to change everything next year but yeah i just feel like what the team's done and it looks like this year's another step in that right you know in that direction um i don't know the the structure stability everyone's really i don't know like guns are blazing down here and it's like really it's really cool to see. Um, and that fills me with a lot of confidence to give you a yes yeah. for the question you asked.
1: So, so how different is it getting from one car to another? For, for an idiot like me, who, you know, you drive a different road car, there's differences. What, what is the difference between one car and another that you've got to learn? And how does it feel different?
2: It's, you probably hit it on the Like it's, it's all about feel. So, you know, there's, there's visually some differences, you know, even like your seating position, like the the mirrors might be a bit different. So like maybe when you turn right, uh, like a 90 degree right-hander, maybe the mirror blocks a little bit your line of vision where in say the Renault, maybe it was a 45 degree corner and, and things like this. So there's like little things like that, like your vision has to adapt in a way, but the biggest thing is like the seat in your pants, like how the car moves underneath you and your, you like call it feel and perception of okay I'm on the limit or oh no there's still a bit more and um and that's really it and I think it's like um it's a little bit like I don't know just doing it's like practicing a new sport it's like in a way eventually like muscle memory tells you okay how to hit the ball correctly and that's like finding the limit of a new car I kind of just need to do it a few more times to get that call it muscle memory to tell me all right i'm comfortable here i'm comfortable here on the limit
1: it's not quite like going from a renault clio to a mclaren 720
2: (laughs) i mean it's it's different it is different but it's it's these like it's these little things and that's ultimately like at this level everyone is finding the limit
1: but i'm assuming the simulator doesn't really help with that feel because the simulator i'm assuming doesn't give you the feel it just gives you things like um, wheel movements and stuff that you need to adjust to and, and aero changes they make to to understand the performance in corners. The simulator doesn't help get comfortable in the car it just helps you get quicker in the car?
2: Yeah it's uh, the sim I guess the sim's good for trying like setup changes and then for me feeling okay changing the front spring helped in the faster corners but it didn't help in the slow corners or things like that so it, it gives me a bit more of a, an understanding of the car but the real feel is the real thing because it even ultimately, like, okay, what's stopping me from going quicker? Well, I think I'm going to spin and therefore, whatever, crash. Where in the sim, you spin, nothing happens. Yeah. So there's, there's also Reset. just that, that realism of consequence in, in the real car.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the, the interesting thing when you sat down, you're like, oh, do I need to wear a hat? Do you wear a helmet? in the simulator?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Why? Consequence.
2: Well, they, yeah, like, I mean, they they do move a lot. So the actual, so we're in like a proper cockpit, um, but they slide and, and, you know, jump around a bit. And so even if you, you know, have a crash in the sim, there can still be like a bit of a jolt. Um, And obviously they're very like high tech pieces of equipment, so if they do have a, call it glitch, um, and if it was to react quickly you you want to be protected if, if your head obviously hits or something so Yeah, and actually another thing sorry all the radio and stuff's in inside built into the helmet in the sim So for us to let's say have communication during a run
1: All right, it feels like dinner time for you Let me give you a couple of quick things before I let you go. Who's a better racer Lando or Max?
2: I mean, I have to say Max, but it's probably just based off. I've had more experience with him um, but I mean Look, judging by like the last weekend, Lando certainly raced raced really well.
1: Do you look back on decisions you've made, like Renault and stuff, and do you have any regrets?
2: No regrets, no. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, that's tattooed somewhere, isn't
2: it? Ah, oh, yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah, no, it is true, like, no regrets. And I got asked the other day, um, like, oh, you know, looking at, say, Red Bull this year, it looks like maybe they, they can fight for a championship do you, you know, do you, I think it was like, do you wish you were still there? Or do you think you still would have been there? And I said, even if I didn't move that year, like even if I stayed with Red Bull instead of Renault for that, that one or two years, I think even by now this year, I would, have, I would have moved. Like I don't, I couldn't have seen myself spending another, what is it, three years there. So regardless of whether I went to Renault or not, I still don't see myself. I didn't see myself at Red Bull say in 2021. Yeah.
1: Um, Portuguese Grand Prix hot um, thoughts hopes goals
2: um, I mean the honestly just this sounds really conservative I don't mean it in this way but progress progress like I, I, I want to leave regardless of or regardless of my position I want to leave Portugal with more of a, a little bit more of a uh, what's the uh, a spring in my step you know um i left Imola like i would say a bit flat you know i still knew there's a lot of work to do so i want to leave portugal feeling like i've ticked a few more boxes
1: there's been talk about supercars and baths and stuff um do you want to keep in zach's ear about maybe running a let's do a demo let's run an f1 car around Bathurst like jensen did in 2011 would that be fun if we if we come to australia for a period of time
2: yeah, if that's what, like if we did a double header or something, and we had the luxury of time in Australia, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think I'm seeing Zach. I'll probably see him tomorrow, uh, at some point, probably in the factory, or so I'll. Uh, I might have to run it by him, but I, I have already actually. So I'll I'll remind him.
1: <laughs> I have one more thing, but I need you to wait twenty, just twenty seconds, okay? Sure, just give sure. Give me twenty
2: seconds here. Twenty seconds. Do I
1: need to talk to Zach Brown? about your salary. I mean, are you earning enough all this merchandise you're selling? Are you earning enough money at McLaren?
2: (laughs) Not, not really. (laughs) I mean, what's doing? You've got wine.
0: (laughs) Beautiful.
2: Mate, you're you're the one that's spiking all our sales. (laughs) No, I
1: was was quite blown away by the amount of people. Uh, I spoke to a a cameraman at channel nine a mate of mine just, I was at the bus yesterday picking up my daughter and I was, I said, I'm going to, talking to Daniel anymore. I was going, I got the wine. It arrived yesterday. I'm like, oh, wow. I just, it's, it's I mean, I'm not assuming you don't do all that stuff for the money. I'm assuming you do it because you're at a peak. You need to capitalize on your brand and your career right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, firstly, thanks a lot for showing some love. <laughs> um, so I, I think the, uh, probably like a relatively quick way to put it is these things are I think in life like there'll be you can have like good distractions and bad distractions and for me and I'm not I'm not alone in this but these are like good distractions Um, the truth is I don't breathe Formula One 24 hours a day like I've been I've been here all day but Tonight when I go home, i wanna just switch off and not think you about F1. So, a bit of yeah. <laughs> so like so there is there is time. There is time and it's not yeah. like it's not like, oh, why are you doing that when you should be focused on the race? Like you can only do so much till you're burnt out from it as well. So these things are like good distractions. I enjoy it. Um, it's also the truth is like if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I probably wouldn't have these opportunities. So I'm in a way I'm just I think appreciative of it and therefore I'm enjoying like making the most of it and I'm learning about whether it's running merchandise or running or trying to run a bit of a wine business or so they're just like I think I'm just let's say running with the opportunities um, and just trying to learn more and be around people in other fields that can kind of teach me about business and other, other walks of life so I just take it also as education and it's fun. Um, and it's cool like it does make me smile like to see other people wear it or or drink it and it's like oh that's yeah I don't know makes me makes me happy
1: (laughs) I'm glad it makes you happy it's good stuff and uh, man I'm really excited about the year I hope you are too and hopefully we can catch up again during the year when you've got a few uh, race wins under your belt
2: yeah that'll uh that'll make me most happy (laughs) cheers Daniel thanks buddy awesome all right thank you Trevor
5: Yeah,
1: if you've got a question about technology, anything you'd like to know, get in touch, go to the website eftm.com, click on Ask Trevor, that's what Trish did. G'day Trish.
5: Hi Trevor, how are you?
1: Really good, what can I do for you?
5: Um, I am looking for a mobile phone for my dad, he yep. is about 79 years old. Um, What's he got now?
1: What, what sort of phone, is he rocking a phone at all?
5: He is, he's currently using an iPhone 5. Um and it's coming to the end of its life, yeah. but the problem is that he struggles with um, using the touch screen. He doesn't oh, seem okay. to be able to apply enough pressure to the screen to uh, to swipe. Um, really?
1: So it's not the opposite. He's not put, applying too much pressure, is it?
5: Well, we've tried to direct the finger and you know tried to tried to guide him, but um, no. For some reason, he doesn't seem to be able to. Uh, grasp it he's i mean he's he's put up with it so far and yeah. he's and he's done it and i'd had a chat with him and he said look i think i need to stay with a touchscreen because that's the way of you know technology yep um but um yeah i i don't know i've had a look around i can see there's some big button phones around but he also wants Although he doesn't use it, he wants to have access to his emails on his phone and therefore that would mean data. But not that he's ever going to use it, but he wants it. Yeah,
1: you want to have it. If it's available, I want it. It's as simple as that. Yeah, apparently. I'm assuming also things like QR code scanning in this modern urge is, is important?
5: Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and he can't do that at the moment. Well, sorry, he can, but he's not set up for it.
1: Right. So the other thing I'd say to you is he's been using an iPhone. I worry about him changing to any other brand because any anything new is going to be another learning and challenging experience and I don't know how much he's going to be up for that. So I wonder if it's just go for the simplest, cheapest new iPhone you can get and and just have a kind of swap it out kind of mentality. So for example, the iPhone S E, which is not heavily marketed, but it's their it's their entry level phone. The cheapest one is six hundred and seventy nine dollars. Remember this is brand new from Apple. Um mm-hmm. It's the same, everything's the same concept, so there's still a little round home button at the bottom, whereas with a, every other iPhone today, you, need, you don't get the home button, you get a swipe up and face ID and just feels like there's a whole bunch of new things to learn there. Um, an iPhone SE, I, I thought it was one of the greatest phones last year. It's just affordable, easy to use, all that kind of stuff, but it's got the guts of an iPhone 11 in it, so it's got the power and everything that's going to mean it's going to last another five years, absolutely this thing, Right. Um, yeah. And any app that the government or whoever comes out with is going to run on it. So my my initial reaction is go. Can we get him an iPhone SE because that's the cheapest brand new iPhone you can get. The second level reaction to that is can we can we get a if that's too much money can we look at a refurbished phone, um, which is people like uh, Boost Mobile do these refurbished phones, which is you know lawyers and um, uh, all other big businesses when they when they upgrade all their staff phones, they get sent to a central place. They get wiped, cleared, police checked, cleaned, everything. And they sell them, like an iPhone 7 is 220 bucks. Like it's, you know, great value and it's brand new in terms of its capabilities compared to the iPhone 5 you've got. So my, my feeling is you need to stay in the in the Apple ecosystem just for his best interest and yours because who's he going to call when he's got a question? Yeah.
5: Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah, we, we all use it, iPhones, so we're all familiar with it.
1: Yeah. yeah. You get him a Samsung, great phone, and some serious value because you could spend 300 on a brand new phone, and it's going to do everything he needs. But when he calls and says, but where's the email? Far out. Well, <laughs> you, you don't have a reference point. So yeah. that's my feeling. My, my gut feeling is brand new iPhone SE, which is the cheapest iPhone you can buy brand new, or... Mm-hmm refurbished phone, refurbished iPhone from Boost Mobile, boost.com.au. Boost Mobile, okay, yeah. great. All
5: right, and, and look, thank they, you very much. Yeah. Got,
1: they come with a 12-month warranty. They come in a little box, not an Apple box, but they, they're a great phone. I've, I've used them, uh, the refurbished phones, and it allows you to choose, you know, a, a reasonably good one within your budget. So, again, for example, the iPhone 8 still has the round home button at the bottom, $300. So, you know, I think there's some value there for you.
5: Great. Okay. No, I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, the, the you're right. Staying with the same technology would be good for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
1: all right. Okay. Trish. Good luck.
5: Cool. Thanks. Thank you very much. No worries okay. at all.
1: And uh, if you've got a question, like Trish, just go to the website eftm.com. We'll try and help you out as best we can. Trevor Long with you, if you've got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com, click Ask Trev. we'll try and help you out as best we can. G'day, Suzanne.
6: Hi, Trevor, how are you going?
1: Really good, how are you?
6: Yeah, good, thank you.
1: What can I do you for?
6: Uh, Trevor, I was just wondering, I've got a Samsung Galaxy S10 um, yeah. Plus, the 5G. I was just wondering, what sort of phone is it? Is it worth keeping hanging on to, or am I better off to upgrade my contract expired, and I'm just looking to getting a a better phone.
1: What's wrong with it? When you say better phone, what what would be better? What could be better for you?
6: Well, it it has glitches. It keeps um, shutting out. I'll be in the middle of a conversation, and it'll just drop dead, and I have to sometimes ring people up to five times to uh, finish a conversation, which is quite annoying.
1: Wow. And is that happen? Are you able to locate? Is that happening in a certain place? Like, Do you feel like it's network-based, or is it literally just the phone and it happens anywhere you are at any time?
6: no it, I'm not sure it might be network based because it tends to happen at home the most, but okay. that's but then again, it's at home that I make longer phone calls, so to speak. And which telco are you with? Uh, I'm with Telstra.
1: When you're at home and you look at the you know the top of the screen where it shows you how much mobile signal you've got, how many bars do you think you've got at home normally?
6: Uh, two or three.
1: And do you have Wi-Fi at home as well? We do. Have you ever noticed anywhere on the phone anything called Vaulty or Wi-Fi call? Mm, That void call, is that one? Yeah.
6: That's the only one I have noticed.
1: So so here's what I want you to do. Now, I can't tell you exactly where it is, but just have a dig around. You might be able to Google this as well. But Telstra have a thing called Wi-Fi calling, right? Now, what it means is when you are in a Wi-Fi network and connected to a Wi-Fi network, your phone uses the Wi-Fi network to make and take calls instead of the mobile network. And it does that because a lot of people have really bad mobile network at their home. And so it goes, oh, look, I'll I'll prioritize the Wi-Fi network because it's better. But I honestly have never had a great experience with it. It's fantastic when you're in a place that has no mobile service. So my mum's pub, for example, no mobile service. But when I turn my phone on, it connects to the Wi-Fi network and I can make and take calls. Very cool. But when I'm at home, and I've got mobile coverage, even if it's only two bars, I find that the Wi-Fi calling is the thing that causes calls to drop out sometimes. So before you go getting rid of your phone and spending money, turn that off. Now, okay. Now, I'm just going to quickly look up um, in, in, in a Samsung phone where it is, but it's normally under settings and what? then and then mobile or it may just be settings and Wi-Fi calling, right? So uh, navigate to settings. Um, Actually, I'm 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 just looking online. Open the phone app. So just open up the phone app itself, and then up the top of the screen there'll be three little buttons, three little dots, which means more options. You want to go more options and then settings, and look in there for Wi-Fi calling, and then turn it off. If it's on, turn it off. If it's off then, then we, we've got a problem because it, it, it appears that essentially you don't have – you know what? If it's off, turn it on. <laughs> okay. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing, right? If, oh, my guess is it's on by default. But if it's not on, then you may have really bad mobile reception at your home and you may benefit from Wi-Fi calling and get less dropouts. But I honestly – the Samsung Galaxy S10 is a great phone. It's only a couple of years old. Oh, even though your contract's up, I find – I can suggest no reason to you to upgrade because you've got a good phone. It's a great phone. Um, okay. And and here's the thing. Do you want to – like, do you know what you're spending every month with Telstra? Uh,
6: I'm $69 now, but I'm just thinking about changing over to Aldi.
1: I was <laughs> – you took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. I switched to Boost um, a couple of weeks ago, which is also on the Telstra network. Aldi is on the Telstra network. Um and you're going to save huge money. Like I'm spending, yeah. I, I I recharged the other day for forty dollars. Too much. I only need thirty. So yeah. you know that's half what you're more than half what you're spending. That's a I big know. saving. And that phone, honestly, Suzanne, will last you another two or three years before you need to worry. So <laughs> save some cash. Switch to Aldi or Boost or, or Boost. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is on the on the Telstra network. Belong. Uh, I think Woolworths, no, Woolworths is with Optus. Um, anyway, switch to another Telstra carrier or switch to someone else because you've got more mobile networks there, right? Um, yes. Give them all a try and find out who has the best coverage at your home. But first and foremost, <laughs> Suzanne, go and turn off Wi-Fi calling or turn it on and let's see if we can prevent those dropouts. Okay.
6: Sounds sounds good. All right, I'm Suzanne. I'm really glad you said that. Thank no you very much for your help. Good luck. Okay. Cheers. Thank you.
1: And uh, it's an interesting one, right, because – you're thinking, you're an idiot, mate. You suggest she turn it off, but then she also suggested to turn it on. But it can be the problem. It can also be the solution. That's how weird Wi-Fi calling is in my book. Anyway, love to know your thoughts. If you use Wi-Fi calling or you've got good or bad experiences, let me know. Maybe I'm um, blinded by my own uh, experience. Uh, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. All right. Thank you for listening. Lovely to have your company today and this week and lots going on. I've got a great, um, what can I say, video being published on Thursday, which is a car, but it's more about your house. Fascinating um, experience that I, uh, that I had and I wanted to share with you in a video review that will be published on um, Thursday morning. So stay tuned. Uh, Tomorrow morning on the Today Show, we are talking winter warmers um, and uh, much more coming up. Anyway, uh, keep reading EFTM.com. There'll be code words appearing there for uh, a fan like you um, over the weeks ahead. And uh, I'm not sure we're going to get the app out, but we'll do our best, do our bloody darndest. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back again real soon here on the EFTM podcast.